All right, welcome to What We Couldn't Say on Sunday. In this episode today, we're covering a ton of different topics, uh, but all under the umbrella of abortion. Mm. You heard me, abortion. This is going to be a heavy podcast, I want to warn you. Um, there's going to be some, some really um, some explicit and some painful and scary and weighty uh, topics we're going to get into today. That's right. And so just a reminder, for this format, we Ross preached on a passage in Luke this last week, and in that passage, it talks about unborn life. And so that we use that as an opportunity, uh, because it's in the Bible, to address this very, very hot topic um, that is one of the largest topics of our generation. Mm. And uh, to be faithful to the Word and faithful to truth and to our people, we need to talk about it, even though uh, I personally wouldn't want to talk about it because uh, there's a part of me that just wants to keep the peace and want to say something that everyone's encouraged by. And But we have to be faithful. And so in this episode, we're going to talk about what Ross said. Uh, then he's going to go about things that he wish he could say differently and then things that he purposely left out that he wants to include. Um, we're going to cover topics like uh, what do we say about the safety of the mother? Because that's something that Ross mentioned and is a, is a big pushback against abortion. We're also going to talk about rape and incest. Um, what about the objections that say that, you know, we really don't care about real life. We just care about them under uh, when they're in the womb and then we don't give a rip. Um, what, what does the church do? What can we do practically as a church? And how does abortion, ab- uh, not abortion, adoption play an important role and what does that look like? And so we're going to be covering a lot of things. We really encourage you guys to pray as you listen and ask God to uh, teach you, speak to you. And, um, and, and yeah, we're going to drive right in. All right, Ross, well, what could, what did you say on Sunday? Yes. The main point for my sermon was human life in the womb has immense value because it was created in God's image. Um, I want to thank Steve Clem who wrote me some great feedback when he read my manuscripts my main point was more focusing originally on abortion is really bad, mm. but um, abortion is only really bad because first we uphold and value life in the womb. Yeah. Like it, that's only the flip side of it. So I think sure. laying that foundation yeah. that this is a gift from God really helps give us a great point, reference point from which to understand what abortion is rather than just saying this is terrible, this is terrible without ever really getting down to why it's terrible. Sure. Like what's, what's the reason that, it, it, it is not good. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, it comes from the text of scripture um, where John the Baptist leaps in the womb. And and why this text leads to the conclusion that this is human life as a womb, because we see John and even Jesus doing things that only human beings can do. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's beautiful. It's a miracle. John is rejoicing in the womb. He's expressing emotions in the womb. And that's something only a human being can do. Jesus is receiving praise from Elizabeth. And according to Elizabeth, has a mother. Mm-hmm. Only people have mothers. Mm-hmm. Only people can receive praise from other people. And so um, the text is just so clearly, God's reality in this text is so clearly thinking about and representing these unborn people as people. Mm. And um, that as our authority forces us to completely change our paradigm to think, how would we respond to lives in the womb if they're people? And, um, and from there I said, okay, well, if God's truth is, is truth, which it is, it's going to be reflected in the physical world. Mm-hmm. 
And apart from scientific, apart from philosophical arguments that bend and twist that reality, if you just look at the sheer information and science, it confirms as science progresses, it confirms all the more that this is a human life. Yeah. You can see how human it is when you look at the different images there are. Sonograms of the children responding and moving yeah. as they're developing before they're ever born. Right. Um, and, and from there, um, I applied the text to some controversial areas that we're going to get into. Yeah. But, um, but the main point of my text was that the scriptures, so the two books, the word in the world, yeah. the two books that we read, the word in the world, both testify that what is in a mother's womb is human life. Right. And we as Christians have a responsibility and the privilege. We have the privilege of defending yeah. and protecting and advocating, interceding for those lives. That's great. Can you, can you remind us of the gospel in all this? How, how did you kind of land the plane? Yeah, so I landed the plane by specifically applying what Jesus did to the case of someone who's gone through this. I think that's a huge question is, okay, if this is so egregious, how do we respond to someone who has had an abortion? Yeah. And the answer is, is that Jesus forgives even this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the sadness of this sin serves to highlight the depth and beauty of the cross, that not even this exceeds Jesus's capacity to forgive and wow. save. Amen. And so even Jesus is even glorified somehow yeah. in such a tragic and incomparably sad situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this, even though this topic is so sad, it does not negate Jesus's power to save or his plans and purposes for people who have made the mistake and done this. Yeah. Um, and, and really, then that just applies to everyone because even if we haven't committed abortion, we are all sinners and, and we, and our sin is much far worse than we ever expected it was. Yeah. And Jesus is therefore a far better savior than we think he is. Amen. Um, so, so really I think the gospel and Jesus really, really apply to this so fittingly, so readily. So yeah. um, it was not hard to pivot from what the text was saying about unborn life to the gospel. It, it fit together really, really seamlessly. I thought, mm good what, is, what would you say maybe as we before we transition to the next statement what does this say about who God is what it says about who God is is that God is someone who never judges a human life based off of how good it is at something mm. what its utility is yeah yeah what yeah age or stage of development is in he has an unconditional unpreferential love towards anyone and everybody who's made in his image he is the the god who loves without reservations without preferences without biases he is the only universal lover yeah because we all have preferences and biases no matter how hard we fight against them that's right i improperly prefer some people over other people yeah and that's wrong of me to not have this this unconditional love um and maybe that statement should be nuanced because there is a special kind of love I should have for certain people. Sure. But um, in one sense, I should still have this, yep. this unconditional regard for all human life that sometimes I fail to have. Yep. And he never fails to have that. That's awesome. No matter how weak or pitiful or yeah. <laughs> even wretched a human life becomes, That's right. God never stops having an overwhelming love for that life. That's great. And I do. There's a limit I have, and that limit needs to grow. <laughs> 
And he never has that limit. And, and thank God he didn't because I'm way past that limit if you really saw who I am. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's so beautiful because he's not a God that just says, I love you with words. He does it with action. Hmm. Right. He, he values every single person uh, and he values people, even rebels, especially rebels and enemies yes. to the point of death. So the abortion ultimately, regardless of the argument, is saying something is more valuable than this baby. Hmm. And whether it's choice or, you know, whatever it is, um, yes. there, there's, there's a spectrum as we're going to get into. But Jesus ultimately is saying, my life is not more valuable than these people. Hmm. Right? I die for them to have life. Right. It's the most, I mean, it's the gospel at the very core, which makes it so incomprehensible for Christians to try to make arguments that it's okay mm. to kill life um, because of the other reasons. And we can get into them. We will. But it, it's anti what Christ has done for you. Praise God that God doesn't have all the exceptions like we do. Mm. You know? Yes. <laughs> right? Like yes. we have, oh, because of rape or incest or because of fetal abnormalities or because the, the, you know, the child could maybe have Down syndrome because the sonograms are picking that up. Mm-hmm. Right. Praise God. God's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Sam's going to make a mess of his life at this when he's 26. Uh, Daniel's going to screw up here. You know, Ross is going to like praise God that he's not like us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. So now let's transition, Ross, into what wish. What, what do you wish you could have said differently? Sure. First, one of my applications was I, I counseled people not to use hormone based birth control, specifically the pill, um, which I understand is a radical statement to make. Um, and the reason I counseled that was because even though the pill is meant to stop ovulation, which would not terminate a pregnancy, if it fails to do that and the egg is impregnated, then it alters a woman's hormones in a way that could accidentally cause an abortion still. Yeah. It could cause it could make the that egg more difficult to implant. And the mistake I made was that I specified it was only the pill that could do this. Yeah. Any hormone-based birth control method can inadvertently terminate a pregnancy. Yeah. And I know that no one who's taking that, that's probably not what they're trying to do. That's right. And the as far as I know, the medical establishment is not good at informing people about this. Yeah. And so I'm just here to inform you. That's all that's what I feel like I have to do. Yeah. Um, if you don't believe me, look into it. If you want my research, ask me for my research. Yeah. I have peer-reviewed articles written by people with terminal degrees in the medical field that yeah. says that this is a real risk of hormone-based yeah. treatment. Sure. And um, I just don't want us to be a church where we're saying we're so against this and then we're accidentally doing this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. so please, please think twice before using hormone-based or, or just please don't use it. Yeah. Yeah, so... Oh, by the way, Daniel's here too. Yeah. <laughs> been, I forgot to intro. Everyone's here. I've been so, silent. Yeah. Uh, the thinking. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the thing that we need to remember is with, with birth control, these forms of hormonal birth control, babies still sometimes are born. It's, mm-hmm. it's rare. But if a baby is born and you're using this birth control, it's, it says that uh, eggs are being impregnated or the sperm is penetrating the egg so it's there there is there is a life 
being conceived. There, there is this this new uh, separate DNA formed from from this yeah. this conceived egg. And um, what, what if that if that's possible? If pregnancies are you know if if babies are coming about, uh, even when people are doing this, we need to remember that is it's, it's likely that uh, or possible that that we're accidentally aborting. Yeah conceived babies I'm not using the right language sure conceived. No, that's right conceived. because the hormones change the way the uterus works yes because once that conception happens mm-hmm. you know, then all of a sudden it becomes more difficult for that egg to implant and if it doesn't implant it dies mm-hmm. and you made point a point in your sermon like Jesus was perhaps a couple days conceived at the at the point where Elizabeth mm-hmm. called him Lord mm-hmm. <laughs> like that is crazy so if that's true right we believe that at every stage of a child's development, from conception, this is a life. Yeah, right. And and we want to take it seriously. So I totally agree. We 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 don't want to be hypocritical in yeah. in using this type of birth control if it is potentially abortive. Yes, I want to make a quasi controversial comment or encouragement to our people and to anyone who listens is. You know, there's certain topics that you just don't talk to others about and ask for advice. And I just find that a lot of people make huge mistakes, sometimes parenting mistakes, because for whatever reason, it's taboo to ask about things like birth control. Mm-hmm. And and perhaps this will be covered in your premarital if your premarital counselor does that well. But ask these questions. Don't just guess. These are weighty matters. And just want to – like part of being a disciple is – Letting Jesus' lordship and the way he his ways in every aspect of our life, and that includes the bedroom and includes the way we think about birth control and so forth. Mm-hmm. And these are some areas that for whatever reason, maybe we just absorb it from our culture, is like hands off. You just don't talk about it. Yeah. People make the decision in a silo kind of to themselves, and then they maybe read one article on some blog or whatever it is, and they just kind of run with it. Let let people obviously mature people in your life that you trust, whether it's pastors or mentors or people in your DNA, um, share. Especially yes. if they're older and they've had kids and they've thought through this more. Um, don't just hide it. It's not embarrassing. You're going to have sex if you're married. Like, it's not a weird thing, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. let people in. I know that's controversial, but it's, I think, missing in a lot of churches. That's good. Yeah. One other thought there. We, it's hard to talk about these things. And I've, I don't know that I've ever heard a church approach the birth control thing, like, from the front, mm-hmm. uh, from the pulpit. Um, the first time I heard something controversial was like this was was Paul Lim sharing at Bethlehem uh, about in vitro fertilization and the uh, the fact that that babies are are basically being uh, conceived and then left uh, right. left to to die. Right, they need multiples just in case if they yeah. don't catch. Yeah, yeah. So if they do catch, they just toss them. I was to keep them frozen. When I heard these things, I was blown away everybody was just like what yeah. why haven't we heard about this you yeah. know i think this this topic of birth control is similar where, where people sometimes are just like totally caught off guard because nobody's talking about that's it right. and that's why we want to bring this up to you guys because we care yes that's yeah. good ross what was the other thing you wanted to share that you wish you could have said differently on sunday yeah um the the thing i wish i could have said differently well it started with something i did say what i did say was that the gospel is real it is relevant. It is available to women who have done this. They can come to Christ and their shame and guilt can be washed away. And that there are women in very difficult situations where they feel like they have to do it and they're scared and alone. While I want to acknowledge all of that, 
I wish I would have been more balanced and also mentioned that even though all of that is the case, it is still wrong right. for a mother to do this. It's wrong for the doctor to do this. It's mm-hmm. wrong for the boyfriend to pressure her to do this. That's right. Even though the woman is a victim in a lot of ways, she's also a culprit. That's right. Um, as you were mentioning earlier to me, we're all victims and culprits of sin. Right. There's no one alive today who's not victimized by sin. Mm-hmm. And there's no one alive today who's not also a culprit of sin. And just because it's complicated doesn't mean both are true at the same time. That's right. They're both true. And, and so to, to a woman who's contemplating this, I could say I understand that you're in a very difficult situation, probably more difficult than I even grasp. But it is still utterly wrong for you to terminate your pregnancy. There's, this is not okay. This is not right. right. And we can uphold both of those things, deep compassion and deep amount of truth, um, which is what Jesus did when he came and ministered. He was full of grace and truth, which meant that he had compassion for sinners and confronted sinners. That's right. And and that's essentially what our disposition needs to be. We need to have compassion for the sin of abortion mm-hmm. and confront the sin of abortion in the lives even of the mothers who are contemplating it. That's right. That's right. I was just thinking about that logic, if you want to be consistent. There was a school shooting this last week in Saugus High School, which is where someone close to my, someone in my family works at. Yes. And, you know, Six people were shot, and one of them being the, the shooter. Mm-hmm. If you go back to his backstory, we can understand a lot of why he became what he get, became. Mm-hmm. Right? Alcoholic father, abusive father, father died early in his life after a divorce. That helps us understand and have compassion, but that does not give us excusing. Mm-hmm. Right. This is an excuse, right? Like that's why the Joker movie is so powerful. Right? I haven't seen it yet, but everything I've read is you really get why he became this sociopath, mm-hmm. and you understand him. And there's a compassion, but that does not excuse his sociopathic behavior, right? But it helps us understand. And so I think so many evangelicals, it's either either or, where they're capitulating to the culture where it's like trying to so sympathize to where it's totally excusable, yes, or they're just it's wrong, doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And, and and like you said, you can do both. Yes. What, but it's hard to do both. Yeah. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so if you if you have had an abortion or you're contemplating one, would say, wow, most people who have an abortion, I mean, the overwhelming majority don't do it flippantly. They do it because of intense pressures and reasons. And you must be in a lot of anguish. Mm-hmm. Help us. Let us help you help walk with you. Yes. And yet you must not do that. Yes. That is a life. That's right. And, and both are true. That's exactly right. Um, yeah, good. that's helpful. And maybe the last thing I just mentioned is, is someone mentioned this to me after the sermon. I thought it was so good. Was that, so the logic those who are advocates of abortion often use is that all human life is not equal. That's right. The life of the mother is more important than the life of her preborn child. And that premise that all human life is not equal is the same premise that people in this country use to justify slavery. That's right. And so when we get pushed beneath slavery, we see the evil that's behind it. This, yeah. this, this, this idea that we can determine whose life means more than other lives. Right. And then we see that it's that same argument that has resurfaced and now applies to the unborn. And you said in your sermon, it's the people who have power who are able to do that. And who's most powerless? Well, then it was African, African American or black people. Yeah. Um, it, it was Jews in mm-hmm. 
Germany. Yes. It's been lots of different peoples mm-hmm. who didn't have a voice, who didn't have power. Yes. And that same logic is always there. Uh, let me share. Those who are weaker always end up counting less in the minds of these people. That's right. Yes. That's right. Let me share a quote from Twitter. Um, I wanted to, to just be reminded of how people think who are steeped in this. I just looked up hashtag pro-choice and the most top comments or top tweets. Here's, here is from at pro-choice is for all one. An unborn human being doesn't exist until birth. And even when it does, the women's interests are still just as important since you know she's an actual person and not second class. While pregnant, the woman comes first no matter what. Mm. Later Mm. on, they tweeted also, being of the human species isn't the same as being a human being. Mm. A human being is a man, woman, or child, not a fetus in the womb. Which you can see they're just playing games there. Yeah. Because... Playing with the words. Because a fetus in the womb is a man or a woman immediately based on the chromosomes. That's right. That's right. So... Yeah, it's just they, they have to twist logic in order to justify these evil desires in their hearts. Right. Um, and, and it's just sad to hear those things. Yeah. I mean, so much of the Me Too movement, so much of a lot of the progressive movements, um, some that are, I would say, trash and some that have elements of God's um, common grace that I celebrate in the progressive progressive movement. Some of it, I, I can say, yes, Jesus cares about that, but you are twisting it here or there, right? We want to be careful and nuanced. At the heart of a lot of those movements is let's care about those who do not have equality, right? Gender equality or marriage equality, right? Um, all these different equality, uh, the gender pay gap, all these different things that they're pushing mm-hmm. it, at the root of it is saying there are people who are powerless and being overlooked and we need to care about them. And yet... For this area, they're not being consistent. Sure. And praise God that Jesus is absolutely consistent mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And right. we want to be consistent like him. Mm-hmm. And so we want to say yes and no in that area. And, and hey, why don't you just continue your stream of logic all the way to? Like you, you talk to a progressive. Do you care about the powerless? Oh, yeah, I do. What about, what about unborn babies? That's right. Don't pick, don't pick your favorites. All right, in our final one, we're going to kind of hopefully rapid fire going over what you couldn't say, um, what you chose not to say on Sunday. And we're going to cover a number of objections that are common that are must be addressed is safety of the mother, rape and incest. Um, you don't really care until they're born, uh, only, only until they're born. Um, you care. What can we do as a church? Um, and how do we adoption play? So we'll kind of yes. land home on let's get out of the theoretical and just the debate mode. But like, what what what's next? Yeah. So so these are the some things that obviously this topic is huge, and we didn't have time in the sermon to address all of them. And, th- and there's tons of resources, yes. which is great. Mm-hmm. There we are. We need to cover them all. So if you were like, oh, you didn't do this well, well, yeah, we 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 could. Yes. Yeah. There's better people out there for that. And Desiring God is so good. It's stacked full of these (laughs) articles. There you go. Um, Especially. Um, So let's just talk about the first one. What about the safety of the mother? This is something that largely does not exist anymore in the Western world, which means that medical technology is at a point where there is almost never a case where it would be more safe for a mother to have an abortion than not to. Now, I, I did research, um, I did look up this on the website, the, um, it's called the American Association of Pro-Life um, Obstetricians and Gynecologists, 
And I really like what they have to say. They say, abortion is a purposeful killing of the unborn in the termination of pregnancy. AAPLOG opposes abortion. When an extreme medical emergencies that threaten the life of a mother arise, AAPLOG believes in treatment to save the mother's life, including premature delivery, if that is indicated. Obviously, with the patient's informed consent, that is not abortion to save the mother's life. We are treating two patients, the mother and the baby, and every reasonable attempt to save the baby's life would also be a part of our medical intervention. We acknowledge that in some such instances, the baby would be too premature to survive. So they're saying, in, and, we're, and when we're talking about this, we're talking about 0.01% of pregnancies or something like that, or even, even lower, perhaps. Yeah. That the mother's life isn't in jeopardy, and if it is, it still isn't necessary to do an abortion. Let, let's just be clear, so we're, we're not just making up stuff. Yeah. In Florida, they have to give a reason for every abortion. So just last year, it was 0.27%. Hmm. Okay, 0.27%, not of 1% or 27%. We're due to endangered. The woman's life was endangered by the pregnancy. Sure. So it's not 1%. It's less than a percent. Yeah. And even in that small, minute category, right. you can still induce pregnancy. I mean, induce labor and then attempt to save the mother's life and the child's life mm-hmm. instead of picking. The idea that you ever have to pick between mother and child is a false dilemma mm-hmm. that's used as a smokescreen to justify abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's another level that it's used as a smokescreen is that people say all abortion needs to be legal yeah. because of this exception. Right, mm-hmm. right, right. Sam, did you have a comment about that? Yeah, I, I just feel mm-hmm. like, so I, I'm under the persuasion that abortion is never okay, right? And I, I really appreciate that nuance of bringing that uh, statement up about, you know, fighting for the woman's life and then also the child and, and it perhaps could pass away mm-hmm. in that process. I think it's really important to um, clarify that I remember hearing one debate where the person said, you know, was pushing back his rape and incest and, and, and um, danger of the woman. So the debater was like talking to this pro-choice um, advocate and saying, okay, well, could we just, what if we just made those illegal, uh, uh, those legal, but everything else illegal? Is that okay? And they're like, uh, no. And he said, well, then you're not really using it as an argument. You're just using it just to kind of distract, right? Yes. It's not really what you care about because you still say, oh, well, well, everything else still needs to be legal. Yes. And so at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to take the step and for legislation to move towards um, all but the cases of rape, incest, and in danger of life of women, which is less than 1%, mm-hmm. all those three combined. I'm happy because that still saves 99%. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still not addressing the fundamental reality is what is it? Mm-hmm. Is it a life? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Um, I, I read this helpful article from um, Standard Reason, and he has this great illustration where he says, okay, imagine a mother or father uh, washing dishes, and behind them, one of their children says, mommy, daddy, can I kill it? And let's say you can't turn around because your hands are full. What immediately are you going to ask? What are you going to kill? What is it, right? Is it a, a, a roach? Then yes, right? Is it a, a, a mouse? Yes. Is it your sister's kitten? No. Even though, sister. even though I may want. Is it your sister? <laughs> no. Let's talk about Heavens it, right? Heavens no. Right? So depending on what it is, we'll dictate it. And so it really presses, it uh, begs the question, really comes down to, is this a life? 
Yes. Is this person valuable? And then from there, you have to work backwards. And sometimes we start with the exceptions and then and then kind of build off of that. But we'll start off, we're talking about a life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. There's another one I want to talk about. So another exception that's brought up is rape and incest. Yes. Mm-hmm. This one's probably even more controversial because it's more real. Yes. And there's more of an emotional appeal to it. And first, I want to reaffirm that this is a smokescreen because this is still a very, very small minority of abortions. Yeah, let's just be specific. It's 0.14%, so not even 1%. So we would be okay, or we would prefer for all abortions to be legal except rape and incest if that's the best we could get. Yeah, yeah. And incest is 0.01%, which is the smallest category. Mm-hmm. Right. But even so, I just don't want us to have these little flaws in our thinking where we, we think there are situations where it's okay to kill a little life. Yeah. So the argument goes, you cannot force a woman against her will to have a baby, so you must allow her to abort a child conceived in rape. Now, the, 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 that is misunderstanding of the situation. We are not forcing the woman to have the child. The rapist is. Mm-hmm. What it's trying to do is blame shift. And misconstrue the situation. Of course rape is disgusting and wrong and we stand against that. Mm-hmm. The product of rape, the child, is not disgusting and wrong. So how could we say go ahead and kill the product of rape? Right. And then, of course, you are being forced to carry this child. That's what rape is. Yes. But you cannot penalize the child for that. That is the rapist's sin. He's yeah. the one who forced you to carry that child. He should receive justice for that the child should not receive punishment for that and so it it, you really need to just reason through what was the wrong act and who deserves the punishment for the act yeah the rapist was the actor in the wrong act and therefore deserves the penalty and to somehow act like the child should receive the penalty like and and is, is a misunderstanding of what has happened. We don't want to cover a great evil with more evil. More evil. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's like, if, if such an atrocious, atrocious thing happens to someone, we, w- we would say to them, we grieve with you over this, yeah. and we're going to walk through this with you, and we're going to care for you and for this child. It may be that you give it up for adoption, but this, this little life, it, it, it's... It's something that God cares about, mm-hmm. and and we're not going to commit evil against it. We're going to trust God, who is who is good yes. in the midst of yeah. great evil done to us. Yes. So I think I think that's important. We don't want to cover evil with evil. Let, let's go back to the gospel again. Who has been sinned against more than anyone else ever? Jesus, right? Himself, without blame, without any culpability. There's no like he was in the wrong situation at the wrong time. He didn't have too many, and it happened while he was uh, incapacitated. He was perfectly innocent, and yet he was sinned, like no one's ever been sinned against. Mm-hmm. And yet, even then, he still he he could still say, "I'll have him. Hmm. I'll still have him." Yeah, that's right. And 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 obviously, this is impossible if you haven't received the gospel to even have this gospel intention. So it makes sense. 
But often people say, I can't, I couldn't imagine seeing that child all the time and remind the trauma. And that's real. That's real. That's real. The trauma is real. But then we would just say, please let us, let us help that child get into abortion, uh, to, to, to adoption. adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Man, why is abortion and adoption so close to each other? The names. <laughs> I, I've, that's the second time I messed up there. But there, there are families that are eager and willing to adopt. They really yeah. are. And, um, Yeah, let's not let's not ever conclude that no matter how complicated or dark a situation is, the correct solution is to kill a child. Mm-hmm. What what about the argument uh, about the child having Down syndrome, which is you know Down syndrome is becoming less a thing because they're being aborted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The, the quality of life argument. Yeah, and um, I think that's another resurfacing of the argument I brought up earlier that we can determine which lives are more valuable than other lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a sad, tragic, dark act of targeting people in the womb based off mm-hmm. of having a disability yeah. for death. Yeah. I, I just don't get it. I don't understand how we live in a society like ours that is pretty decent in a lot of ways. Yeah. And we tolerate such evil. Um, I just I just remember even in history the, the the Soviet Union who slaughtered more people than Hitler yeah um, yeah would send machine gunners into the um, places where people with disabilities lived mm. and I don't see how it's any more acceptable to just because you're going after them in the womb yeah um, so it's 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 consistent with survival of the fittest. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to own Darwinism, then you're being consistent. Sure. Right? They're, they hold us, quote unquote, hold us back. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting. It's like if they can't have the quality of life that I think people should have, then they shouldn't have any life. Yeah. That's the kind of mindset. If you want to carry that logic, then you should just slaughter all people who can't, who are poor, who are just in a disadvantaged place. You yeah. know, if you're so compassionate, oh, I wouldn't want. But, but people who say that, do you know people with um, mental challenges? They are sometimes the most joyful people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they remind us of the preciousness of life and the goodness of life. Yeah. Yeah, just like just like the abortion argument that falls apart when you see the beautiful baby in the womb. It falls apart when you meet a person with Down syndrome. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's like you're not any less human than me. <laughs> you're awesome. Have like, you guys seen that video of the, 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 the guy with Down syndrome who like is speaking at Congress? Saying he's just testifying. Saying it should not be legal to, yeah, yeah. to kill people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really powerful. Yeah, it is. It is. And I am I am just stunned and flabbergasted right now, just even thinking that this is acceptable or okay. Yeah. What would you say about the common pushback that, you know, oh, those who are pro-life, they don't really care about people. This is just a political position. Um, you don't even care about them after they're born. Look at how much racism is rampant and how greedy you can be. You don't give a rip. This is just more of your po- political posturing and so forth. Sure. Sure. That, that would be another way to avoid that this is a human life. I mean, if this is a human life, which it is, <laughs> which it is, mm-hmm. you cannot kill it. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe I think there's some, some validity in that criticism is that conservatives, especially yeah. need to grow in caring for and being invested in people who are marginalized and disadvantaged. hundred percent. Yeah. But, but let us be careful that we don't fall into the the trap that unless I have adopted kids, unless I have gone and cared for the elderly, I can't be against that. Yeah. 
that would be like saying you can't begin slavery until you've brought slaves into the Underground Railroad, right, until you've right, actually right. completely invested your whole life into yep. saving. You can still be against a grave moral evil, yep. even if your whole life isn't devoted to just that one particular evil. Sure. Um, it's just it's just a logical fallacy. Yeah. Um, either it's evil or it's not. It's really that simple. Sure. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it and and while we want to care for people in all stages of life, yeah. Whether or not you're doing that well does not change whether or not abortion is all right or not. It's true. That, and then, and we would say we want to make it easier for people to be adopted. We want to be more robustly involved in communities that abortion is rampant in mm-hmm. right because abortion is it, it is it transcends every social class but it focuses on the poor yes without under-resourced fatherless homes like there's obviously we can there's exceptions to anything i say right now but there are trends mm-hmm. it, it, it's primarily in minority communities yes it targets the poor it targets african-americans and it targets females yeah mm-hmm. every class of people that our society is concerned about helping right now are disproportionately targeted in the womb wow abortion wow they need to let that settle in if you want to be consistent progressive Mm -hmm. it's the very people you champion or the very people who are targeted yes you you, there's a reason look at where every planned parenthood is strategic is placed and there's consistent trends Mm -hmm. yes where they are there are Planned Parenthood, who makes millions and millions of dollars off of abortion, targets poor neighborhoods in order to profit off of killing their children. Yeah. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And I just, I just, I, I read this one thing. The average abortion costs around $500. That's cheaper than iPhones. And we all know people, I mean, we live in an urban area. We all know the poor who barely have any money and they have $1,000 iPhones. Mm. It. <laughs> It's just laughable at just kind of the the crazy contradictions we have with finances. I don't know if I'm making my making tying those um, loops together right now in my head as I share that, but um, I, I do want to say that we really need to, as a church um, and as people who are conservative, you know, fiscally or morally conservative, need to make sure that we are championing adoption. We're championing taking care of fatherless people. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, it's so systemic. It's not so simple. Yes. But just because it's systemic and it's complicated does not, like you said, negate that it's an evil. Yes. Yes, it's evil, and let's do other stuff too. Right. Right. It's both and. It's not either or. Yes. Don't let it become either or. It's both and. Yes. Amen. Church, it would be my dream if if we saw adopted children just running through. Our, our gathering spaces. I, I've seen this at Bethlehem. They've mm-hmm. for years championed That's right. these truths. And you will find if you go to their children's ministries, their youth ministries, there are, I mean, it feels like one in 10, fam, one in 10 families have, have an adopted child. Yep. What if we were that all people's church? What Almost if, all the diversity is from adoption. I know. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I, man, I would just love it. We're a young church. We're we, a lot of young families. We have opportunity to do this. Uh, man, I, I pray that we would consider adoption mm. in, the, in the days ahead. That's right. I really and, do. And the church has a long history of, of care for children. Um, mm-hmm. 
even in the early days in the Roman Empire, that's right. when children were left on the street to die, that was their form of abortion. That's right. Yeah. The Christians would scoop them up mm-hmm. and raise them. Yes, and so right. this is um, th- this care for children is as old as the church. That's right. Yeah. That's good. Can you kind of lay in the plane with just some final steps of like what can we do as a church? You know, how does this how does this yeah. flesh out in our lives? Yeah, my applications were maybe a little unexpected. Maybe people were thinking like, oh, maybe he would talk more about sidewalk counseling or activism of some kind. But we're already so maxed in capacity as a church. I talked about things that you could do that you could add on to, that that would that you could do without adding into your already full schedule. I mentioned prayer, the birth control you take, and political voting. Because mm-hmm. those are things you should be able to do. Mm-hmm. Now, Maybe we could have a missional community devoted to sidewalk counseling or something like that one day. I could see something like that, okay. some sort of thing. But really, if you read the New Testament, the plan for changing the world is not activism, it's disciple making. Yeah. Like activism is kind of more of a, in a lot of ways, sometimes more of a secular way of trying to change things mm-hmm. where, we, where we don't try to change policy. Well, we do try to change policy here. We don't try to change... That's not our focus. Yeah, it's not our focus. We don't try to change um, the society at large. First, we try to change individual hearts, and that's how we try to produce change. Right. That's right. And so the the last thing I would say is if we're going to help women in crisis who need to get an abortion, we need to be in relationships with these kind of people, and we need to be discipling these kind of people. Yeah. Our church is strategically, our building is strategically positioned in a place around which people live who are at risk for abortions. Yes. We live in neighborhoods, a lot of us, where people live who are at risk for getting an abortion. Yep. The best thing that we can help do to help people who are at risk for having an abortion is to befriend and disciple them. Yeah. So that when the situation comes up, we can intervene and say, there's a better way. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's a more faithful way. There's a more God-glorifying way. There is a gospel. And you're not alone. And because not so alone. many who do feel alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. We'll help you raise a child if needed. We'll help you find adoption. We'll help mm-hmm. you go through the process. Yes. Our mission statement to make disciples yeah. is the answer right. to this issue and so many other issues. Right, like Jesus was not joking around when he gave us that mission statement. It is yeah. it is the master plan to do so many things. Yeah. Um, so making disciples and being in relationships with people who are marginalized and poor and at risk for abortion is the best thing we can do so that we're the ones that, that they turn to and we can welcome and accept and care and comfort and help them not make this mistake. Yeah. Um, earlier, we were talking about what about the safety of the mother? Well, I think the folks who advocate for abortion should also remember that they care about the safety of the mother. They'd be against abortion. Because it is dangerous. There are complications from abortion. Absolutely. Medical complications, emotional complications, reproductive complications. That's right. And um, and part of caring for these women is keeping them from hurting themselves by mm-hmm. subjecting themselves to a risky and potentially harmful procedure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I just encourage people to care for care for people who are vulnerable and at risk for abortions and have relationships with them. If you don't have a relationship with them, they're never going to come to you. And there's nothing you can do to intervene. Yeah. Is there time for one more thought, you think? Yeah. Okay. I have one more, too. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I'm all out. All right. Um, I just want to say that as we talk about abortion, we need to remember that the, the thing that the, the greatest uh, 
stakes here is is not babies ultimately it's not even the the mother ultimately but it's it's god's glory yes. it's god is the one that is is being his name is being assaulted in this in this process uh, that we've we've judged okay as yes, that's right. uh, god's character i mean when we kill when we kill a, something that god calls good that that's something that god calls life we're making an affront against the image of God, something that He has made to reflect His beauty, His glory, to praise Him, to be fruitful, multiply over all the earth, it grieves God. Yeah. It grieves God, and His His law all through Scripture elevates uh, that that children are are um, worthy of of. Uh, Mm-hmm. Of our attention, they're they're worthy. They're they're good things. I mean, even in the law in Exodus, we see that if 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 a baby is if if, mm. if two men fighting and a, and a woman is 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 struck who's pregnant and the That's baby right. dies, yeah. that person who who caused the the death will have to die as a mm. result. Like yeah. God takes it so seriously mm. that that He's saying this child who is an image of God. You cause its blood to be shed. Your life needs to be shed. Church, the world is judging, making judgment about this life that God calls good, that God says is, is uh, just as important as, as the, the person who is alive, just as important as, as any of us. And so I just, uh, I feel I'm sitting here so grieved. My spirit is so grieved as we're talking about this, that people... People who are not disciples of Jesus don't love God's glory. People who are not children of God, they're, they're not going to be treasuring what God treasures. That's right. They're not going to be yeah. champion what God champions. That's right. And so I, amen to what you're saying, Ross. We need to make disciples. We need to preach this good news because that is people that love God will love life. That's right. People that love God will love life. Yeah, that's great. At the heart of this is a worship problem yeah. and a king problem lord lordship problem because the common thing that people say it's choice 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 they make it about choice well it's not your choice mm-hmm. it's god's choice yeah, right. you don't have that you don't i mean and fundamentally it's not your body either it's another separate body in you, your body in your body and you can't make choices for other people's lives mm-hmm. only god can yes. and so you are actually taking the place of god Yes. When you're promoting this, you're the one who is the arbiter of who lives and who doesn't. Mm. No, God does. Mm. And far be it from us taking that position. So, yes. I mean, we want to go deep at the heart of that lie. Like, we do not have that kind of freedom right. to choose right. life for people. That's um, right. Yeah. There's a sense of urgency also because God is going to judge all of us for our actions on this, this earth. And, and we, we want people to stand uh, before the judge and, and even those that have committed abortions, abortionists themselves, those who, who are performing the abortions, we want them to be able to find mercy in Christ mm-hmm. Jesus right. at, the, at the last day. We don't want them to suffer for their sin. Yeah. That's We're not after a repentance, not, yeah, not that's, revenge. That's yeah, exactly That's right. right. Yeah. It, and yet, God says, vengeance is mine. And if you don't turn and repent, and you don't give this sin over to Jesus, you don't turn from it, you will there will be vengeance mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. And he's the, not going to listen to any of these little reasons you come up with. That's, that's right. The life you took will be put upon your head. Yeah. But praise be to God that we have a God who died so that all the lives that we may have taken in our life through abortion or through pressuring or wh- whatever we've done or through straight up murder and killing, um, 
that Jesus dies instead of us. Amen. And that is the good news of the gospel. That is a fundamental. And people say, oh, Christianity is, 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 is a, is a um, religion of love. Why are you saying such things? No, that's why we can say such things. Is because um, God loved you so much that he went to the point of being murdered for your for your murder, mm-hmm. for your hatred, for your lust. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just make it for everything, right? For our I- I- idolatry, for our mm-hmm. envy. And so we just want to end saying that if you are not sure you're reconciled with God, that you have this shame and guilt because of an abortion or because you're a part of it at some level. Or that, anything else. Anything. Anything. <laughs> anything. Your porn addiction, whatever, your anger issue, your bitterness issue, whatever it is, you can come to Jesus today. That's right. He's, he's calling you. Please reach out to us if you want to talk more what it looks like to find forgiveness. And if, if you have asked for forgiveness, but the, the shame lingers, the pain lingers, we want to walk with you because it, sometimes it's not an overnight thing. Right. And so we want to end with that note. There's hope in the gospel. It's a great place to end. Amen. Prayer, quickly. Yeah, once you pray. Close right. prayer, brother. Father, you are good. You are a good judge. Mm-hmm. And what you call good, we want to call good. We want to submit to your judgment. And Lord, we are in a generation that um, we believe will receive uh, mm. great judgment yeah. for our, our decisions. Have mercy on us. Yes. God, bring revival to our nation. Let the church uh, be a disciple-making church that, that goes after the heart first and cares for, for, uh, for people's... Um, the fact that they're hostile toward you, Lord, we want to turn people to Christ, that their hearts would be transformed, that they would love what you love. Mm-hmm. So help us as a church to love what you love. Help yes, us, Lord, Lord, to respond rightly to these these issues, pray rightly, mm-hmm. and uh, to care for those who have committed abortions, mothers who uh, are in crisis. Lord, we want to care for babies that are uh, that are growing up in in rough situations. Lord, help us to be an adopting family, a loving family, a receiving family. Uh, Lord, give us grace. And Lord, we pray for great revival in our nation and all around the world that that this atrocity would end in our lifetime. We we believe you can do it, God. So bring your kingdom to earth Mm. as it is in heaven. And we ask it in Jesus' great name. Amen. Amen. Amen.